Picture the scene. It's the middle of the night, around 1 a.m. on a military base in Bagram, Afghanistan. Suddenly, mortars and rockets start exploding. Military officials begin to scurry around to make sure everyone is evacuated. And in this process, they run into Steven Straub, hunched over his laptop, refusing to leave his post. Why, you ask? What could possibly be on the screen that's so important that Steven was putting his life and that of those around him at risk? Well, insurgents had decided to attack the base on the exact eve of Steven's fantasy football draft. And he was in no mood to let his friends back home in the States snag the players he wanted in the crucial middle rounds of this draft. The officers left the room frustrated, the only room in the base that had a strong internet connection. Although Steven later admitted in an ESPN interview that his decision-making that night was severely questionable, he might not have done things differently considering he brought home the trophy that year. If any one story perfectly captures how fantasy sports have become an incredible juggernaut in the past couple of decades or so, it's the Steven Straub story. ITW Soundworks Welcome to another episode of ITW Soundworks. My name is Ashwin Vijay Kumar and on this episode, we're going to try to give you, the listener, a sense of where all this madness started, where it's currently at and where the world of fantasy sports are headed. Fantasy sports have taken over the lives of sports fans and have instilled a sense of ownership for the average fan that never existed before this fantasy craze. In India, several of these platforms have sprouted up in the last few years, the largest of which, Dream11, is now reached a valuation of an astounding $5 billion. So to truly understand this newfound craze, we would like to take you, the listener, all the way back to the very beginning. Our story begins way back in the 50s, where the concept of picking players and running a contest based on their year-to-date stats came into existence shortly after World War II. One of the earliest published accounts of fantasy sports involved Oakland businessman and one-time NFL team Oakland Raiders limited partner Wilfred Bill Winkenbach. Watching golf tournaments, Winkenbach realized viewers were becoming increasingly disenfranchised and felt the sport was, well, boring. As a result, he had an idea. In hindsight, a genius idea. He came up with the idea of a fantasy sport while watching golf in the 1950s. To build your own team of professional golfers and follow their progress through golf tournaments. The person whose team of golfers had the lowest total score at the end of the tournament was the winner. Since golf was a fairly simple fantasy game to administer and keep tabs on, each participant is only concerned with the scores of his or her own team without having anything else to complicate it. This, however, made it very difficult to organize into a widespread hobby or formal business. The first recorded instance of a fantasy sports league comes up again in Oakland in 1962 when Winkenbach himself formed the GOPPPL and led to the formation of the first reported fantasy baseball league, which was also started by Harvard University professor, sociologist William Gamson in the 60s. He called this the baseball seminar. It is, however, generally accepted that the father of fantasy sports is actually Daniel Ockent, who in 1980 founded the Rotisserie League Baseball, 
where a group of journalists picked a team of baseball players. The league was named after the restaurants where its founders got together to discuss the specifics of the game. And this form of the name was used to brand one of the most famous fantasy football related sites to this day. Ironically, despite being the founder of this league, Orkan never managed to win it. Fast forward to the 1990s, where the advent of the internet led to the large-scale popularization and commercialization of fantasy sports leagues globally. In India, the fantasy sports market gained popularity around two decades back in 2001 when ESPN Star Sports launched the Super Selector fantasy game. This was the first move that gained attention among the Indian masses and was the beginning of fantasy games in India. It took almost a decade for this to gain popularity, largely driven by the availability of affordable smartphones, internet penetration and the growth of different mobile application platforms. Moving into the modern age, fantasy sports platforms and operators have now developed different kinds of competitions broadly based on the nature of sports, seasonal duration and the number of sporting teams. However, more important to the growth of fantasy sports was how much money these new formats started to pay out. The legalization of fantasy sports in the United States, namely DraftKings and FanDuel, created a steady new stream of income for fans who already invested a tremendous amount of their time and energy into their fantasy sporting pursuits. Sports fans could now form daily fantasy teams as opposed to the typical year-round engagement and compete with people from all over the world. These participants just had to pay a small entry fee to the fantasy sports operators and create one or many fantasy teams that they could then compete with on these platforms for large, sizable cash rewards. Joining us in today's podcast is someone who's been able to do just that. Nikhil Popath is one of India's leading fantasy cricket players and we chat to him about how he got so immersed into fantasy sports as well as what he believes the future of this space holds. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, whenever I used to get very bored in my school and college days, so I would just open Crickinfo's uh, match page. Then what I would do is whenever there would be a break, I would write down the scores that I think would be possibly at the end of every over for the next set of 10-15 overs. So that is how I actually started because that is what kept me awake. I would go home and then I'll check the entire match and then I'll give myself marks at the end of the day. In terms of, okay, this is what I thought the game would flow and this is how it went. And I did this for like 2-3 years before I saw that, okay, you could actually do this online and make some money out of it. But as long as I'm getting decent returns, I should be, you know, very honest with myself and I've carried that uh, principle with me even now that I need to be very sure in terms of how much I'm going into it and my returns have to be bigger always than what I'm putting. And if you could talk a little bit about the current state of it in India as well as the community and what sort of factors you're seeing, do you think it's like going to be sustainable for this type of growth to continue moving forward or is it, you think it's a little bit of a a phase and maybe, you know, in the future, it might slow down a little bit. Uh, when it started is when there was a very niche audience in terms of there weren't too many people who were aware of the exact functioning of this in terms of how, you know, whether this was safe, legal and all those aspects were always there surrounding it. I will honestly tell, obviously, there is a reason why the ads have a financial risk disclaimer because it is very addictive. I'm, I'm playing it for six years. 
I left my mainstream job because I want to pursue this as a profession. So it tells you obviously there are a lot of financial risks involved. And now I think there are two factors to it. One was the Dreamland getting as it uh, as a sponsor and the boom of internet in terms of the accessibility that people had to this. Those masses who were not going, who were not even aware of this entire world, have now come into the picture because it's very cheap to be able to access it. The first thing I may not try, but if I'm shown the same thing hundred times, I'm going to be tempted into it. So I think this phase is we are still probably in the growing phase in terms of a lot more people are getting into it, and I see it as one advantage for the game that you know this is the medium through which you can have. You can actually promote women's cricket and all those grassroots levels cricket because people are going to be involved. Wherever money is involved, people are going to take a lot more interest. Sport has always been an integral part of Indian society, with cricket and football at the absolute top of the list, and millions of fans of these sports countrywide. For many years, fans have looked for ways to become more engaged with their favorite sports, and fantasy sports have been just the way for them to do that. Some of the major active fantasy sports platforms in India include Dream Eleven, Mobile Premier League, Hala Play, My Eleven Circle, My Team Eleven, Balibazi, and Nostra Pro, to name a few. The fast-growing fantasy sports market in India has many things to thank, but number one is certainly the popularity of sports among the population. Namely, fantasy cricket has been able to draw in tens of millions of IPL fans. Eager to capitalize on their years of knowledge about the sport. Apart from the glitz and the glamour of the IPL, however, online fantasy sports have also massively transformed the prospect and boosted the profile of a large number of local Indian leagues and tournaments that typically didn't garner much attention at all. One of ITW's own, Nikhil Vyas, co-founder of MWorks, was recently part of a panel discussion. On the economic impact of online fantasy sports in India, and this was what he had to say with regards to what he foresees the impact of online fantasy sports being on the Indian sporting diaspora as a whole. Any sport or league can only grow, sustain, survive if there is enough and more commercial support from the partners, from the sponsors. Today. all the stakeholders which include federation league owners team owners players even broadcasters have ofs operators on their speed dial the first category which comes to their mind at the budgeting stage of an event is you know ofs let's i mean let's look at the biggest one the ipl um i mean the last completed season ipl 2020 had in terms of the overall contribution more than 20% of sponsorship and ad revenue came from this category which makes it the biggest contributor to to the this biggest event which is massive i mean it has come to a point where it has become unimaginable for the broadcaster to decide on acquiring new leagues new league right without the support of ofs operator i have personally had many conversations in the past with many you know rights holder or even you know in case uh, some cases broadcast teams where you know there's sort of anticipate and try to figure out which of these you know what is the kind of potential you can expect from this category i mean moreover ofs operators also realize the importance of live streaming of the content and so instead of being dependent on just the broadcasters 
few have actually ended up launching the ott platform which has made it possible to control most of the ecosystem it's now it's obviously relatively easy to scale an ott platform versus to you know launch a tv uh, you know a channel a linear channel it involves a lot of nitty gritties and licensing and other things especially for the tech able teams but i won't be surprised and i mean uh, probably somebody can give this idea that you know maybe ofs operators tomorrow you know end up uh, acquiring a sports channel too and i mean now if you look at the state level leagues barring two or three leagues which are which has national broadcast coverage on you know the mainstream tv channel rest of like fail to even get a broadcaster but fortunately they have an ott platform to take care of and that has ensured that there is active engagement there act- active consumption of that content there are eyeballs on that content and hence there is you know uh, uh, that that event is being followed and it has sort of survived one season and there's a potential to see another season for that event um now once there is support from a broadcast partner then the next step is to find the title sponsor the other event sponsors it becomes easier for the teams to to find sponsors entire sports ecosystem benefits from this federation can further then invest on the you know uh, in in the sport development the players and then there's a there's a chance that even if there's corporate there are corporate entities involved or backing the, any particular league that, that that league will see the next season so it's is definitely it's a cycle where if you if you have commercial support then you see the next season otherwise the likelihood of surviving you know uh, and going to the next season is very uh, uh, you know difficult that was itw's own nikhil vyas co-founder of mworks further cementing the importance of these vendors and the services they provide globally the online gaming industry is one of the fastest growing industries and the fantasy sports segment forms a major constituent of this industry as of 2020 its value is approximately 20.69 billion us dollars and this is expected to grow at a rate of 12% every year and reach an astounding 48 billion dollars by 2027 the us is the center of this fantasy sports revolution and the value of the us market in 2021 alone is estimated to be about 8.4 billion dollars India is also slowly evolving into one of the major markets for online gaming and fantasy sports. It's estimated that 100 million users joined various fantasy sports platforms in 2020, and currently around 14% of the smartphone users in India engage in fantasy sports gaming apps. The segment clocked a gross revenue of around 350 million US dollars in 2020, which was a 300% increase from the same revenue in 2019. This market in India is expected to be worth eye-watering 3.7 billion by 2024. Investors have taken a keen interest in this sector and an estimated amount of 112 US million has been invested in fantasy sports platforms in India in the last 5 years. But if you believe the fantasy sports numbers for 2020 seem high, these are meager when compared to the future projections. As we mentioned earlier, The industry experts in Indian fantasy sports are looking to a valuation of 3.7 billion by 2024 which just shows you how exponential the growth is going to continue to be. Now I might not be putting my life on the line coming face to face with terrorism for the sake of fantasy football like a certain Mr Straub but I've definitely lost many a night's sleep rolling around in bed contemplating the decisions I made analyzing and overanalyzing the players i picked and worse the players i didn't pick 
Fantasy sport has added significant value to my life and has massively increased my appetite for sport and the content surrounding it. I've been able to make friends from all over the world and I've gotten to interact with groups I would have never had the chance to typically. I for one am always looking to pick these people's brains and squeeze as much advice from them as possible. And so on that note, we will end today's episode with a little bit of advice from our friend Nikhil on how he goes about on the biggest cricket tournament of the year, the IPL. Now with the IPL, that is the thing, you know, with the IPL, everything is very open. Mm-hmm. There are not too many unknown rookies that are going to come through and shine. So in that way, IPL actually challenges, challenges you in a different way, mm-hmm. where everybody is knowing everything about everyone. So how are we going to have those differentiation is where I think each one of us should focus more on visualization of the game. So somebody like a Karen Pollard or an Evan Lewis, some of these guys are coming off of a very good CPA. Mm-hmm. It was played on similar pitches. So I, like a lot of people often ask me for teams and I will tell them that no, I don't want to give you teams because that is not how this is going to grow. Absolutely. You can take teams from me for a month, for a year, but then you're not able to grow in terms of how you play and you're probably dependent on somebody else. I would rather depend on my own understanding of the game and win or lose. That is a part of uh, how I go about But because you see, the number of people coming, the different the visualizations, and for those who are looking to win big, you have to make a unique piece. Thank you, Nikhil. And we hope this helps you, the listener, the next time you're sitting in front of that screen with your palms sweating, deciding who you should make your captain for the week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to this podcast. We are available on all leading platforms including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon and Pocket Cast. Please share it with others and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast was written and presented by me, Ashwin Vijay Kumar. Sound mixing and editing for this episode was done by Dheeraj P. Rao. The executive producer of the ITW podcast is Tarek Laskar. Our research team includes Devan Shubhad, Vaisak Raj, Vidushi Bandari, Riya Nandi and Kishan Mundra. Visit us at itwglobal.com ITW Soundworks